Hello and welcome to the DMT America podcast. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Joe Biden is sleeping off the State of the Union address. <laughs> and I'm Ted Rall coming to you from the left. I'm Scott St- and I'm wide awake Scott Stantis coming to you from the right. Wow, uh, that was some speech. Joe, yeah. Well, it well, it wasn't long enough for my taste. I think he could oh, have easily gone another four hours. Uh who did the longest? Uh that's a good question. I I, I looked that uh, up yesterday and then forgot the answer. Yeah. In fact, one of our compatriots on Center Clip, a, a thing, a, a startup that Ted and I are also involved in, and our friend Patty Vasquez also, um, uh, he did a historical overview of it. First of all, the first State of the Union address delivered in person was Woodrow Wilson mm. because he was, he was an a asshole. professor and liked to wag. <laughs> he was a complete and flaming asshole. He was, people talk about the worst president ever. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, for some reason, he's always on the list of better. And yeah. that he doesn't deserve it for one. I mean, I can just use uh, two words, Jim Crow. Yeah, that was him. Brace and, that and, with and he's all enormous. of his might and all of his love that. Yeah, he was. No, he was. No, he's born right. No, he's, he's a Southerner. That's what oh. that's what makes it hilarious. Oh, I always think of him, you know, affiliated he, with Princeton. He University. became. He became president of Princeton and the governor of New Jersey, but he was born and raised in the care in South Carolina. Boy, mm-hmm. all right. Well, that that, that explain. He so, was so anyway. Worst guy. So well, he, not to mention, he's, he's, he's the first. We both first person. Collect, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. We both collect. Well, we both collect political ephemera, right? And uh, my my favorite uh, among my favorite buttons are the ones that are like 1916. Reelect reelect Wilson. He'll keep us out of that terrible war in Europe. You know, months after Boy, that was his slogan. He's elected. He's immediately he kept us out of war. That war in Europe, which was a miserable mistake. I mean, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but I mean, we should never have entered that stupid ass war. We a tilted the balance of power in Europe. A lot of people knew. Yeah, that. well, there was a lot of. Well, options. I just talk, I'm going through some a, fr- a friend's collection of the masses and learning <laughs> learning a lot that Ted Rawl apparently was alive in 1913. <laughs> 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 just, well, before we started recording this, I started showing him version parts of the the masses that like Ted could have written. It's amazing. It's anyway. Uh, so State of the Union started with Woodrow Wilson, who wanted to wag his fingers at people, and it progressed. Uh, um, the shortest was God bless him, Richard Nixon, 30 minutes. What year do we know? I don't know. He said, I, I, like I have to believe that it was. I, I just want to get in less, and out. Less I say the better. <laughs> On advice yeah, of just, counsel, yeah. I respectfully decline. <laughs> that, that was the whole address. But the longest, everyone sit down, get a comfortable pillow for your back. Um, Bill fucking Clinton. Oh, well, yeah, he was a long-winded motherfucker. One hour and 30 minutes. Well, I got to say, last night's speech felt like three hours. Um, you know, I think I think one thing we got to talk about is like, OK, there's what the State of the Union is purportedly for, which is the const- to fulfill the constitutional requirement that the president check in with Congress from time to time and say, hey, so here's what's going on as far as I know. Um, last night's speech was a classic example of how uh, this speech has completely become unmoored from its original meaning. Um, th- there was no attempt whatsoever to inform either Congress or the public of anything that's going on. It was effectively a completely political uh, pre-presidential campaign speech. Uh, I-, I was startled to that extent. And I think that's oh, yeah. obviously where, and I think, um, and also it's, it's, I mean, this has become more performative year after year after year. Uh, And what's interesting is, you know, some of the female members of Congress uh, obviously now believe that they are at the Grammys or the Oscars um, based on their, let's just just say their flamboyant clothing. And I don't really know that they're wrong. I think they, they kind of get it in a way that the more serious dudes don't. Like, you know, this is like not really the people's business anymore. This is entertainment for television. And, uh, you know, so when Marguerite Taylor Greene, uh, I did not make this up, but, you know, the Internet's saying that she dressed like Cruella DeVille. Yeah, uh, oh, she looked. Oh, absolutely. See, I had the big fur collar. And I guarantee you, I will guarantee you and I will bet you uh, my children that that was real fur. 
Oh, I bet that's true that she may have killed personally. Kristen Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, who uh, of Arizona, right? Who is former Democrat, now independent, caucusing with the Republicans. Uh, she was wearing this crazy yellow outfit that I believe may be the next generation of Chinese surveillance balloon. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it, and then of course, not nobody's talked about Vice President Harris. Uh, and her uh, her blood orange, <laughs> red, crazy uh, red on. I mean, by the way, there was a lot of fuchsia. Did you notice all the fuchsia dresses? Oh, is that the is that the color of this spring? Well, that's I, good to know. I was people like, listen to this podcast for that kind of information. You don't need a spy balloon to see that. You can see those dresses from space. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it's basically just a fashion show, and uh, it is it is a, it's a campaign speech. That's what it is, and then. Right. Yeah, but no, and th and that's what it comes to, and that's where I mean, and I get it. I mean, I can see, and now we know what Joe Biden's um, campaign slogan is going to be going forward, which because he said it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Not build back better again. Finish the job. <laughs> yeah, the the pro I mean, I'm gonna say uh, I've we you and I both are students of politics and history, and we've heard there have been a lot of. Uh, great slogans for campaigns. Uh, you know, I would say Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, it's morning in America, you know, which uh, exuded optimism at a time when people were desperate for it. That's a great slogan. Uh, you know, I, I'm not you know, leaders, a, a, a leader for a ch comma for a change, the double entendre that Jimmy Carter used right. in 1976. Uh, those are great. Um, uh, I just don't know. I mean, to me, uh, build back better never resonated make america great again is fucking classic it's an instant yeah it was an instant yeah. classic um and perfect for the brand uh and then i guess the real question now is i mean is this gonna sell i mean uh, you know i still am not buying what biden is selling um i feel like i and i don't think the i think the public isn't either Mean. No, you've got a 43% roughly. Let's, I mean, that's an amalgam of all the polls, but about mm -hmm. roughly 43 approval, which I guess that's what we're going to get for the rest of our lives. I'm not sure, President, unless there's a war, you know, someone attacks uh, San Antonio or something. Um, or someone know. with that crossover appeal, you know, I mean, look, I don't know that we're Barack ever going to have that. Barack Obama, when he took the oath of office, had 62% approval. I mean, that means a lot of people who voted for McCain Palin voted for him, uh, approved of him by the time he took office. I mean, well, you know, that, critted it that away, a... but that's, that's another thing entirely. Yeah, I, I'm lo looking at this speech, listening to the speech. You have to wonder what he was selling. What, and you're absolutely right. It was a campaign speech. And so are, is anyone buying what he's selling? I think, uh, frankly, he's got... I, I let me digress for a moment. Ted Rawl on uh, Center Clip this morning again mentioning this uh, app, which you should download if you haven't already. But Ted Rawl posted a great um, a, a, a great reaction this morning. He says, "Where did the consonants go?" <laughs> and so let's be—I mean, let's be superficial and then get to the meat uh, the meat of the stuff because we, you and I, look at stuff. I don't know about you, but when we would have editorial board meetings at the different papers I've worked at, everyone's walking out saying, "Well, so what did you think about his view on tariffs or on the you know the the, the surtax on gasoline?" I say, "Man, did you notice his shoes?" <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, because it's those types of things for me, which are intrinsic and actually give more insight into their personality than what's coming out of their mouth. Um, with Biden, he clearly got tired. He still I everyone's I mean, you said and used it, he was as feisty as he can get in all the reports, especially NPR, which, you know, hearts this guy hard because they know they don't want Trump again. Um they all said, well, he was really obviously in command and in control and very much, very vigorous. I'm going, did you watch the same thing I did? Because this isn't, and this isn't come born of Biden hate. I don't hate the guy. I just don't think he should be president because I think he's too damn old. He looked feeble walking down the walk as he was doing the walk down. And another side issue, which I think is hilarious, is Santos, you know, oh, <laughs> that yeah. is his real name, tried to reach out for, and, and uh, Senator, um, uh, Mitt Romney looked at him and says, you don't belong here. 
which I thought was great, actually. Um, I'm wondering if Santos, because most Republicans were not leaning in to shake his hand. I'm wondering if Santos is thinking, you know, if I'm, the one way I can save myself is if I run for a Democrat next time. And the Democrats don't want to take that seat back. So maybe they're uh, ignore my little, you know, foibles, as you will. Uh, well, yeah, I don't I don't think the Democrats, uh, I don't think our no. politics have been quite so corrupt yet to that to that something like mm-hmm. that would fly but it's, it's an interesting theory um i thought you know the the main takeaway for me was uh you know biden's goofiness which predates his ancientness um you know he's he he doesn't have any presidential gravitas never did never could and it really was on display on full display last night when you saw basically uh, members of the House, in particular, who seem to believe that they were at question time in the British Parliament, you know, like it's like liar, and you know they're going. They're, there's call and response in like the State of the Union address. I mean, what the fuck? And I mean, Biden couldn't. I, I couldn't imagine any recent president, well, any president of our lifetime, not being able to hold that dais and and command de- respect for the office, if not for the man. And even Richard Nixon, no one was fucking heckling from the audience. I mean, and and like this, I know it's not the first time this has happened. It happened to Obama once or maybe twice, if memory serves. But this, I mean, this was out of control. And Biden was doing the back and forth with the hecklers. Um, I, I mean, it's like he forgot that he's the president and not like still a senator where he can like mix it up. Okay, this is where Ted and I are going to disagree vehemently i think it was a great moment many uh, commentators this morning have compared it to question time in, in the parliament and with great britain uh which i adore i love that back and forth i think it's fantastic i wish we had question time once a week with the president i think it would be awesome me just too to see if but we don't just to see no and and, and well, like, i mean uh, the re- i mean i will say the republicans at least the fact of that exchange owned biden now, the, oh, the, I disagree. The, I'll tell I you, Biden, but I think Biden prevailed in a very important way when he basically conned them into sort of verbally agreeing not to fuck with Medicare or Social Security. Which I think that this moment. was I thought that this was a conscious decision on the part of the White House um, to engage. They knew this was coming. They know what they have in the house now. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cesspool. It's a bunch of vermin. It's just, you know, and you're going to get this. So show it. Nothing is going to um, illustrate how awful these people are, how awful their view of governance is, how disrespectful, how monstrous they are. And he, he and the white house staff who prepared this speech knew it we're ready for it. He had prepared. I mean, he's not quick. Come on. I mean, we all know that he cannot be, you know, at, you know, improv, ad-lib. you know, ad lib at the improv tonight. <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah. As well, you've never have, seen him before. Have, we haven't had a president who was quick uh, like that for a long, long fucking time. I mean, I well, looked they, at, I was watching old press conferences on YouTube of JFK holding court oh my God. Uh, with the press and he like walks in front of the podium. And he's like leaning up against it from the outside. And he's just like, and he's like exchanging zingers with the press. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we it's rare to have the likes of him. I'm telling you, Ted, I thought it was actually a good moment. It's a good moment for democracy. I thought that Biden handled it as really, really well. And he got out of it what he wanted. Firstly, like you said, there were moments when he talked them down. Yeah, there are moments when he quieted them. He talked to them. Well, like, don't forget that yeah. was also uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, also like hush, hushing them a little bit. Well, McCarthy before the speech says we will behave ourselves and we won't act like children. Well, ah, didn't happen, folks. They acted like petulant seven year olds, which we know what that that they are. Um, the, so, I mean, but I mean, I so, do think that the what did you think? I mean, I definitely want to like linger a little bit on the moment the social yeah. the social security. Medicare discussion, which I think was a very, you know, that is a big thing. I mean, Republicans argue that like basically right now that there's no, that they've never proposed an actual plan to like increase the the retirement age or anything like that. But we all know that's something that many Republican uh, fiscal hawks would like to do at some point. Um, And so, in fact, it's already happened under you know, wait for it, 
Bill Clinton. The retirement age uh, for my generation, for early Gen X, is not 65, it's 67. So it's already started oh, wow. to creep up. Yeah, and mine's 66 and a half. So, so, okay, well, there you go. So the point is that it's already started. And like, you can just tell as life expectancy goes up and, you know, the coffers run dry because, hey, those Ukrainians aren't going to kill themselves. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we are going to have to, to finance that proxy war. So the, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Republicans definitely have the, the knives under their togas out for social security, but they don't want to be seen. Right. I mean, right. they don't want to be seen as going after it. I just don't know how this plays out. And I think it was pretty clever of Biden and the Democrats to draw them into a little bit of a trap last night. Um, you know, I mean, I think this yeah. might be the only time we've ever seen some semblance of political debate and negotiation occurring on live television during the State of the Union. Maybe, maybe. And that's why I liked the moment. I thought that, you know, so if I'm a Democrat this morning, uh, I am thrilled to death because not just and like I said, Biden's performance, he ran out of gas. I mean, it was it was kind of embarrassing as ted mentioned he was started to slur some words um but there the, were the, as usual the, the normal usual the number of gaffes right he couldn't identify the ukrainian ambassador by name uh he miss he misspoke about uh, uh charles schumer's uh title he, he mistakenly called him minority rather than majority leader of the senate uh there were several other uh, places where words that were on the teleprompter turned into different words out of his mouth. Um, so I mean, look, Biden can still, people are going to say, well, he's not that old. He he was able to read. Yes. He can still read speeches. I've been saying that. You've been saying that. We know he yeah. can read speeches. Uh, we know that. The, the point is, you know, can he conversate, as they say? Um, you know, I, I don't really think he can anymore. Um, not not well, reliably. Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, just looking at his behavior, looking at his posture, looking at how he walked down the aisle. I mean, he's doing the uh, he's doing the uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons walk with the hands kind of uh -huh. in front of him like that. And it's um, Jill yeah. is substantial. The first lady is substantially younger than he is, isn't she? I'm guessing she is. And they're putting. They said that she's going Jill to be looks she's, old. Did she? Yeah, I'm gonna look her up her age, but yeah, she to me. I mean, I was like, wow. I I, I thought that doctor. Um, you know, let's see. That is is it, doctor? I think she's a yeah, it's doctor Biden. Yeah, yeah, doctor Biden. Uh, what is her age? Yeah, she's substantially younger. She's seventy. Oh, oh uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I was like, whoa. Even she's looking old, and she's nine years younger than he is. When they announced recently that she's going to be doing a lot of campaigning going forward, I'm thinking because her husband can't. I mean, you know, so you're going to see a lot of her. Yeah, that's um, that's not going to work. People, Americans want to no. see presidential candidates out, you know, eating rubber chicken and glad handing with, uh, you know, people with double digit IQs. That's what they want. You and want to go out there and you want to do the selfie with the podium in the back with the presidential seal. Yeah, You know, that's really I mean, seriously, that's what you want. And that's not going to happen much. And this is going to be a real campaign in 24. This is going to be, you know, he wasn't able to have the COVID, you know, hiding in place kind of stuff anymore. This is going to be him in public. Um, Do you think he's going to face a primary challenge from the left? No. No, I think they are. This is, I mean, people look at, oh, that's just old Joe. He's great. No, everything you've, you and I've talked about this on this podcast before talking to reporters from Delaware and how they run that state. And so, no, this is a very, very tough family and they are going to, and that's how he's running the DNC. It's a very tough DNC and they're not going to, they're not yeah, going to abide any kind of no, I mean, you no. could, I mean, will there be, there could be, but they're going to be drowned out because a, the press will not cover them. You know, this and B, the DNC will do everything they can to bury them as quickly as possible. So there will not be debates or, I mean, and, and ballot access is going to be strictly denied in, in, in many places, in many primaries. Yeah. So unless it's someone like, I mean, Bernie's too old now. Uh, yeah, he is too I old. Mean, and, I, and uh, I think like also, I think he's settled into, uh, you know, sort of eminence grease, um, you know, mode. He's mm -hmm. now he's been, you know, he's the spy who came in out of the cold. He's now really a Democrat in you know everything but name. 
he's he he's 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 in pre-retirement at this point. plus he's bought his fourth home so he's got places to go yeah he's the, those 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 shrubs aren't going to trim themselves socialist socialist success has its has its advantages apparently uh beach homes and stuff like that so god bless him um so okay so now let's move on to we've done the aesthetics the the meat of the uh, yeah, of the speech really was the first half was clearly here's what I've done. Here's my accomplishments and American people. I love the centered American on, people centered along the centered around the economy. I just want to point out that's you know, which is always right. smart. Yeah. Well, if it's doing well, if it's not, then you say, well, he's well. Not, I mean, he's not wrong. He's got things to brag about. I mean, 3.4% oh, yeah. unemployment, the lowest official unemployment rate since 1969. We will, which not you and I both know is bullshit. We will not talk about the fact that it has been repeatedly, tinkered with and changed over the years and so today's 3.4 is not 1969's 3.4 exactly um, so it's more like 13.4 inflation and, inflation and, is cooling you've got gdp that's that's just a few ticks on wages, are, wages which are, is still, still very rise. healthy yeah yeah so can the federal uh, side it note looks, federal looks reserve like the, looks like maybe for once they really will bring the economy overheated economy in for a soft landing maybe I mean, it's if never they, happened before, if, but maybe. if they stop it, stop it now, you know, now what you've done, I always thought interest rates were too low. And why do I think why well, I'm such a monster? Why do you want people to pay more for housing? Because that also means that bank accounts, that savings accounts, it encourages people to save. They get a real return. We yeah, have like an, an interest bearing uh, checking account, right? And the return was like 0.08%. God, there was a there was a point. I believe it was like around 2011 when you know, as a former banker, I'm a student of these things. Uh, I remember looking at the historical interest rates, uh, like the Federal Reserve uh, base rate, the prime rate was 19 percent under Jimmy Carter at the end, like crazy. But anyway, the point is, there was a point in like 2011 when major banks like Chase, etc., started charging any account over $50 million, a fee to hold the money. So they were literally negative interest rate because basically it was like, we're just going to keep this black and green paper for you in a place where like rats won't gnaw at it, but we're not going to actually, (laughs) it's kind of a pain in our ass. It's basically a, we're a storage unit. We're not a bank. Um, It, I mean, yeah. So, uh, President Biden has something to crow about. And if the Federal Reserve backs off on the interest rate increases and let's, yeah, let's come in for a soft landing, I think we could avoid or a recession altogether, if not have one that is very, very shallow. And that would be great news for, for the Biden administration. Um, he talked about, you know, we're at peace. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> I think we at to- peace if we're like, you know, he can't talk about Ukraine and peace at the same time. I mean, like, look, we all know that, first of all, a proxy war is not peace, but also with the Ukrainians, uh, and I don't blame them, asking for more and more sophisticated weapons. Um, you know, it's, you know that this is like, you know, early Ken Burns documentary. I mean, we're, 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 we're <laughs> yes, getting, yes. we're getting drawn in here. Right. I mean, aren't we? I mean, yes. Oh, no, we're we're up to our eyebrows in this stuff. And it's crazy. I mean, now Ukraine is running out of ammunition, which makes sense. I mean, you know, you, you shoot it. It's not, you know, we have to find sustainable ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> Re, reuse, recycle. Yes. Go out and get that lead and remelt it down. Um, yeah. But the, now in Europe is, go, I mean, Europe, to their credit and their good sense, is going, Really? You want more? Because as Ted mentioned in our last podcast, this isn't going to end. This is like, the, what would you say? This is the fishmonger's wife. Was that it? Or uh, the, the, the fish, fisherman's wife. Fisherman's wife. And um, you're, abso- you're absolutely right. They're asking now, for, they need more ammunition, just bullets. And they want, and, and they want F-16 fighter jets, which I mean, at yeah. this point, I, I guess they're probably not going to get. But you, I mean, those are very long range. Um, they... They can fire sidewinder nuclear missiles. I mean, you know, I mean, it's that's that's that's. I mean, I have to say that's pretty much World War Three at that point. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the nukes fly, yeah, then. But I mean, just the F-16s alone. 
I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places. For I mean, those of you like, who know Dr. Strangelove. I, just, I mean, I, it's it's amazing to me how so so many supporters of Ukraine here in the United States see this issue so simply. And I mean, full disclosure, right? I do I, I do cartoons for Sputnik News, um, you know, which is Russian state media. So, you know, whatever, make a, what I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, what you will. But I do feel like... Um, you know, you can just imagine the situation from the Russian point of view. And it's amazing that Americans can't see this at all. I mean, when the U.S. has felt nervous along its borders, you know, it's whether it's been Mexico or Cuba or Grenada, it has flexed its military muscle um, time and time again. And we've invaded Mexico 10 times. Um, uh, and so, you you know, here you oh, have- we always left. We always left. And I guess the thing is what you what I guess I'm I'm confused by here. And you can say certainly strictly speaking Ukraine is a sovereign nation, sovereign nations shouldn't invade each other. That's the basis of the modern nation state system set up by Metternich in the 19th century. Okay, fine. I understand all that. These borders are sacrosanct blah blah blah. I mean, you know, unless it's the US crossing them, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess the bottom line is it's like Ukraine is kind of like, we're not Russia's bitch. It's like, yeah, you are. You are Russia's bitch because of where you're located. You're Russia's bitch and because of history, but mainly because of where you're located and because of the shit that went down in 1941. So like, this is really all boils down to Biden, to Putin saying, you're our bitch and you got out, you got out of control and we're reminding you. Now, you could say that's wrong and we shouldn't live in that kind of world. And and you might be right, but we do live in that kind of world. I mean, am I missing something here? Yeah, I, I think you are. I think the, the sanctity of their border, uh, internationally recognized border, uh, Putin has nibbled away at that, nibbled away at Georgia, has certainly made uh, rattled his saber at other countries about stuff like this. You know, I, the, the ethnic Russians in your country are being Georgia abused. Georgia is also... Save them. All of the former Soviet republics are Russia's bitch. I mean, that's that's yeah. But if you're someone's, if if that's true, do you admit it? Do you first of all, do you like it? I mean, you certainly. I can't imagine that you would. But then you and you would fight against it. I think no. I I I I, you and I have disagreed on this. The invasion of Ukraine was uh, absolute. Uh, travesty and uh, trampling on international, rec- you know, reasonably recognized international well, laws say, and norms. But let's say, and, say for example, that the North South Korea were to offend China, its neighbor. Um, China would be like, um, "You're our bitch," by the way. You know, so we're no. Well, well better examples: the Chinese invasion of Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. Because invading Vietnam always works for everybody, <laughs> oh, every time. Well, right? it, was just, um, it was just a minor skirmish, though. Border <laughs> skirmish. No, it was. No, no, they invaded. They tried to occupy. In 1979, 1980. When, I think. Yeah, yeah, they were there. And but they, they only were, took, they only got, barely got into Vietnam. No, they It was a little, because, my understanding yeah. of that history, I'll have to look into it a little more. But my understanding was that that was like a warning. Like, don't fuck with us. We're, we're, we're your big, we're your big neighbors. Don't be assholes. Well, but Vietnam said, "Fuck you." We've taken on, you've taken on the likes of you before and won. So yeah, but I think the Chinese. It's not like the Chinese lost. It was just sort of like. Mm, I think. Look it up. Okay, I will look it up. I think you. I think you can put that in the L column. I I think you can. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they haven't fucked with them since. So getting back to the state of the union. Yeah, yeah, and the specific well, Ukraine I mean, was part was a was a big part of it, not a big part, yeah, but it was tough. it was a part of it, yeah. And to say that we're at peace is like as I mentioned, it's absurd. We're not. We're we're we're, we're fighting a underlying. proxy war in Yemen. Also, let's not forget about that. And I mean, uh, is that yeah. ever going to end? Is that is there any any way that that can end? Uh, I'm talking about Yemen in a way that is humane and, and and leaves that country in a decent shape because right now you've got everybody fighting everybody on every level. It's a very complex situation. Yep. Um, it's reminiscent yeah, of Afghanistan, the, the, the tribal. I think, he, don't you think even worse uh, in, in a lot of ways, it just seems to me, I mean, for those of us who actually pay attention to this and if you haven't, there's, there's a reason because the American press doesn't care. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, if I may, uh, P.J. O'Rourke wrote about ha- ha- driving a big car, like this big 1970s cars. 
And he's, they were great because if you hit something, it was sort of like a civil war in Africa. You knew it happened. You just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what the war in Yemen. We yeah, know what's no, happening. No one cares. It's true. And it is a horrible morass of, I mean, every despicable element on the planet has a stake in this fight. And it's just like, oh, great. by the way, by the way, I just said, speaking of Afghanistan, you know, that country has completely collapsed. And, yeah. you know, and that's frankly our fault. Um, and um, I think, you know, that's one of those things I just think about, like, you know, we think that we can just like beat the shit out of those people and let them rot and starve. And and that's not going to bite us on the ass later. Really? Oh. We think this is okay. We think this is, a, this is cool. We can let this go. This well, is like the credit card bill that we're just, yeah, I'm not going to pay that this month. What could happen? Relief uh, groups are trying to get in there and the Taliban being the Taliban is saying uh, no. In a lot of instances, Doctors Without Borders is trying to get in there. They're trying to get food and supplies in there. Um, I, yeah, no, and it's our fault. We broke it. I mean, it's, it's again, the we talked about Colin Powell last, uh, last uh, podcast. I talked about him again. He said, you broke it. You bought it. Yeah, you know? he called that the the what would the crate what is it the 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 crate and barrel rule or something like that. <laughs> did, did he he called it the pottery barn rule. You break it, you own it. Yeah, that, that was yeah. his advice to George President George H W Bush uh, in the first Gulf War, where he said yeah. he was like you know just be be careful. And he said yeah. the U S he said the U S military is good at we 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 break things. That's our that's what we do. Yeah. They, they shoot people and break things. That's their job. And, um, you know, she, uh, the uh, president did not bring up Afghanistan in his speech last night. Well, well, yes. Well, he's not <laughs> going to. I mean, that wasn't exactly a stellar um, withdrawal. I mean, more appalling to me is all the I mean, it's amazing to me. We left people behind. We left U.S. Um, people who are were are who worked for us. They're still there hoping every day that the Taliban are not going to execute them. Um, and the, you know, the Taliban really strictly speaking, wouldn't be wrong because from their point of view, these were traitors. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, it is a really bad look for the U S but anyway, so this to me, I think the most important uh, thing about the state of the union in 2023 is we are waiting. We are awaiting a, a formal announcement as to whether or not the president will present himself for re-election. That is already overdue. Should have happened last month. Um, now it has to happen or not happen. But the point is, because he has to. If he's not doing it, he has to clear the field to allow fundraising for other Democrats. So yeah. So looking at this man last night with the sharp glare of the TV, of, of the Klieg lights, is he running? And if so, oh. what are his prospects in the primaries? I know we talked about this, but I don't want to slide past that too quickly and in the general. Um, oh, God, yeah. Every indication is that he's running uh, all of the... Um you know, all of the leaked stuff from the white house, all of the, uh, they, yes, he is running. Can he, will he win years old? He'll be 82 years old. Um, uh, will he win the primaries? Yeah. Even a contested one, even if AOC, or, I mean, it would have to be someone with a very high profile running against him. Yeah. Um, it would have to be someone with solid progressive bona fides. I, I don't know if there's an equivalent of a Ted Kennedy, you know, kind of gravitas challenger, to Jimmy Carter that there was uh, no um, and Kennedy. And by the way, Kennedy still lost. He did not win the nomination. Obviously well, they did. In, they did the Democrat, the DNC did cheat as usual, but that's, Oh yeah, lot. of course. But, and that's the, and that's my second part of my analysis is that the DNC, if there's any kind of um, opposition to president Biden seeking the nomination in 2024, they will smash it. They like will, the, they like were, the Oh, do you think Bernie uh, Sanders got smashed? Oh, that that's nothing. That's a love tap compared to what they're due to anybody who's going who has the temerity to come out and run against President Biden. Now, can okay, he so win? Does, does he does he bring Kamala Harris Kamala Harris back to the ball? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I've talked to so many Democratic friends off the record who just cannot. Um, I mean, stand her. They think she's been enhanced because she has been an unmitigated disaster. Um, 
And it's too bad because you're really hopeful. First woman, first woman of color. Well, to wouldn't it be more the- precise to just say that she just she's been nothing? I mean, she you know she hasn't really fucked anything up. She just hasn't done anything. Oh and yeah, she, she has. She she's oh she's definitely invisible. fucked things up. She's totally what, what, fucked things up. Well, I'm saying in persona when she's interviewed, she gets she gets the smirk. The persona she projects is extremely unpleasant. Yeah, and um. You know, and you can be like Spiro Agnew, you know, the, the, was for Nixon, kind of his attack dog. That's part of the job is to give, be a full throated advocate for the administration. She's not that. No. She's inarticulate. She refuses. She refuses to learn, which to me is part and parcel of being stupid. And she's a she's a mean girl. Um, and she's a mean girl. She is in a sense. That, and nobody not smart nobody or clever. That. And you can compare her to someone like Elizabeth Warren, who's not a mean girl. I bet Elizabeth Warren knows how to be stern and firm, but you, you know she's much more. You, you're like, okay, I could do business with her. She comes off as serious, uh, bookish. Um, you know, probably, maybe not charming, but nice enough. Um, that's just not the case for. Uh, oh, and all of that is is if you're not, I mean. Firstly, I thought, okay, here's the senator from the most populous state in the union. And so, you know, this is someone who clearly has some media skills. Well, I would be wrong. Um, She just happened to be running a state where Republicans are batshit crazy and nominate, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They don't. Well, the California Republican Party is basically deceased and has been for a long time. Right. But the candidates that it does nominate still nominates uh, candidates, believe it or not. And many of them are just cuckoo MAGA nutbags. But don't forget also California changed its uh, they have ranked choice voting. So often there's no Republican on the ballot in the general election. So because the, right. first, the first two candidates, the, the, it's the, the top, the number one and number and the runner up are both Democrats. So so here's the thing, Ted. I mean, we talked about this off the off the podcast as well Is do you keep Kamala Harris and getting rid of her is problematic. Um, a huge problem. How do you how do you do it? I mean, you're you know, like, you know, we mentioned that the his, his, her history it has to look like woman, her idea. Uh, I have said that. It yes. has to look like her idea. Like, like <laughs> she has to be offered some tasty sinecure. Um, I don't know, Supreme Court, um, something. She has to. I thought, I thought she would be nominated for the Supreme Court last time. We talked about it in the podcast. You and I talked about it together. You vehemently said no way that she that she would go for it. Yeah. I have to believe it was offered to her. Um, because I think it was that too is, early. I, I think you know, in midterm, in mid vice presidential term, if it were now, you know. If Kavanaugh went to one too many kegger parties and kicked, (laughs) wrapped his old 68 Mustang around a tree. Or if, yeah, or, yeah, or if Barrett finally, like, you know, got raptured as she's been dreaming. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, what a country. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. So, yeah. So, um, well, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of stuck with her. I don't yeah. think you can get rid of her. Yeah, and I think I think, and I think she's going to be uh, okay. Mark my words. I think her his age is obviously the big issue. Democrats don't like to talk about, but it's still the number one issue. But number two is she becomes the Democrats' version of Sarah Palin, a reason that many swing voters who might mm. have considered voting for Biden against some asshole Republican that they don't like. Uh, becomes a problem like okay biden's super old john mccain was super old although not as old as this but you know you looked at mccain you're like that guy could croak palin could take could become president like biden could croak biden almost certainly will will probably croak right that's just yeah just and so so then so he croaks in office and this woman becomes president people are gonna be like "I, i i think you know she's obviously smarter than sarah palin but Mm. Uh, but 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 more no, on, I'm not, not going to concede that. Maybe not, but more unpleasant. I mean, yes, less likable. I mean, yeah. I always found Sarah Palin rep- her politics repugnant, but uh, I always thought she was very charming. Uh, yeah, the camera definitely loves her. Um, yeah. So, um, okay, you're Scott. You're stuck with that now. I mean, then this seems we're far afield. But this is general. what. Biden turned the State of the Union address into was a political speech and his yeah. campaign speech. 
Um, so on the Republican side, and so it's and, um, and, there's, the, and there's the whole like the finish the job. I mean, that's that's a tough sales pitch, right? It's sort of like um, that was FDR's sales pitch for basically 1940 third term was like, you know, well now I've got to stay on because there's this new challenge coming out of Europe that you need me. We can't change horses in midstream. Biden's kind of making a variation on that yeah. sales pitch. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I let, you know, the infrastructure bill passed. And um, and so these things are the jobs are going to stop, start to be created. But you need me to finish it. But I'm kind of unclear on exactly what that looks like. Finish what? If the bill already passed, the money's in the pipeline. You can have Hitler in charge. It doesn't make any fucking difference. The bridges are going to get built in three years anyway. Right. I mean, what does he mean? Finish what job? How? Yeah, recover the economic recovery. um, It would be. Obviously, that's what they're talking about. Is that the ref- I took when I came in, we had a pandemic. We had blah blah blah. America was at each other's throats. Now, by gum, we're con. Nobody's going to take I'm road not, to recovery. I appreciate what both Trump and um, Biden did in terms of pouring money into the economy. Uh, although it all got apparently 190 billion dollars of it got stolen, but uh, ah. but but like I I do think that that was the right thing to do. But I don't think the voters are going to are going to. I remember that last night when I was listening to watching watching him talk about Biden. You know, COVID's gone because of me. I'm like people don't think that they're going to just think COVID's gone because it's a virus and virus mutated. That's all they're going to think and went away. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, no, but like I said, the economy is always going to run run on, assuming that it continues to do as well as it's doing and recovering as well as it's recovering. That's what he's going to run on. That's where finish the job. Clinton in 96. Yeah, exactly. Things are doing. Things are going well. Don't let the Republicans break the economy. Yeah. Um, Okay. General election. Yeah, if it's Trump, I you know I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it a million one times. Anyone who thinks that it's not going to be Trump as the nominee is smoking something because he will be the nominee of the Republican Party. Period. End of discussion. Um, I agree with that. I mean, of course, obviously, is, obviously, uh, usual caveats. You know, if he could die, he'd get sick. Well, other than that, he, I don't. He could get caught dog fucking. But although, no, no, that, get that critical in. dog fucking vote in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the dog love vote that is crucial in many states. Um, <laughs> Delaware, in particular, ironically, it's um, you know, I, so it's going to be a rematch of of twenty twenty, and mm. where you know, so Trump, I think you and I both kind of teed it up saying that he is considerably more vibrant than than Biden was is. But have you seen Trump lately in the, the last week or so? I mean, it's yeah, been he has, an interesting. He hasn't been looking so. Hot. No, the energy level is way down. I mean, this is a guy who loves the rallies, right? I mean, he clearly adores them. He loves the adulation. He loves the noise. He loves. Um, and I'm wondering. Okay, there's two possible answers to his kind of low key approach to campaigning. Now, one is that he's save, you know, keeping his powder dry. That he doesn't want to peak early. That he's going. To, he knows that the run up to the uh, election in November of 2024 that is, is what he did. That is what he did in 2015. He he definitely he like ramped up slowly. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that's not what he's doing now, which would be pretty smart. Or he's actually what is he 77? Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. And it's starting to you know. And this is a guy and who's unlike unlike Biden. Not exactly, uh, you know, uh, a close friend to his bicycle. Um, no, or <laughs> no, to, or, or to the or to the treadmill, or no, know. he's obese. He's he's morbidly obese, uh, and he does, he never exercised. So you know uh, how he's alive like still. Shit. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know where is he going to be just as anemic as Joe? I, I you know I you can't predict these things, but I'm saying that the last month of his appearances, he's been extremely low key. So, so Scott, what does it say about this country if these two men, these two old white men of the past, of the distant past, are the are the principal contenders for president? What does it say well, historically, psychologically, spiritually about this country at this particular time? 
Well, the one thing we haven't mentioned yet is the Republican response given by Governor Huckabee of Arkansas, who. Oh, right. Oh, my God. That that still terrifying looking person. <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, my God. I'm always remem- uh, I'm always reminded of, of Dave Horsey, who uh, was the other cartoonist uh, unceremoniously fired by the Los Angeles Times for no good reason. Uh, he just he was fired because he described her in his blog for the L.A. Times as a uh, someone who looked like a like a soccer mom. And he said, you know, it's weird. Trump always preferred, uh, you know, blonde beauties of the Fox News type. And now he ended up with this soccer mom. And I've always thought, I've seen some pretty cute soccer moms. Oh, yeah. Sanders is not one of them. No, 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 no. She's such a, I mean, I'm just going to say it. She's a moo cow. That's how it is. And she was, and she's has the face that's kind of scrunched up and looks shrill. And so when she was delivering this thing, but here's a quote I pulled out, Ted, when I was watching it, um, quote, the Democrats have, uh, have fooled you. It's time for a change. And it's like time. For, is that a diss on Trump? I mean, that was an interesting her and the rest of the speech was kind of that segment of her speech was was exactly that point, which is it's time for, you know, it's time for new leadership. It's time. And she used that phrase. And I'm wondering, is that a diss on Trump? You tell me this is a, you know, reading the Republican tea leaves is more your arena than mine. There's a lot of people. And by the way, when the Koch brothers say, or the Koch brother (laughs) say, says that he's going to put his money behind whoever is the most, the strongest candidate against Trump, Republicans, like any politicians, they love the long green and they're going to move towards where the money is. And there seems to be a lot of the bigger uh, uh, contributors to the Republican Party are moving away from Trump, uh, moving towards DeSantis. Now, DeSantis as a candidate, clearly younger. Uh, he's actually combative. He actually had, you know, he, but he's also extremely unpleasant. I've yeah, watched him. Very unpleasant. So I'm wondering. So also not a good looking guy. Television, the camera doesn't like him. I think he's not hideous, but it's like there's it's he's not like, you know, I mean, this is not Mitt Romney. This is this is not, you know, Gavin Newsom. This is not Barack Obama. You know, this is a he's a I mean, he's the question I think a lot of people subconsciously go for is, do I want to see this person on my TV set every day for four years? Yeah. I don't think they do want to see DeSantis there every four years. I think Republicans do. I think core Republicans do. And um, uh, MAGA Republicans, too, if they, you know, but, being forced to make a decision, DeSantis is going to. But Trump beats DeSantis in uh, head-to-head oh, yeah. matchups right no, now. No, no, dude, 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 dude. Don't, don't get what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. And I Trump won by... the presidency in 2016 with spending barely $2 million to Hillary's $7 billion. Yeah. So, no, don't get me wrong. Not really everything. No, but I'm, I'm, but to these people it is, and that's where they're going to, you know, they're like, you know, they're like stupid dogs. Here's, here's the the treats thing. over here. Let, okay. So let's just say theoretically DeSantis runs, right? I mean, you can certainly, I'm sure he's tempted. Um, and he's seriously considering it. Oh, he's but running. He's running. What is the pitch? I mean, how does he, how, I mean, so he can't win without pretty much all of Trump's supporters. Okay. So how does he get keyword all of them? And when he's running against Trump, so it's like, literally you walk into a room and you're like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like, it's like the Rolling Stones walking into a Beatles concert and say, Hey, you guys, we're playing next door. Everybody get up and follow us. Is that going to happen? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, What's, no, I, mean, what's, I think what's the sales pitch? I mean, what does DeSantis? I mean, DeSantis, all he can say is, uh, you know, I'm younger. Trump brought us this far. Thank you very much, old man. Now it's now, let, you know, it's let me drive the the legacy. Um, that's exactly it. But that's it's, not that's not enough. Yeah, it is. I think saying that, you know, it's, it's, time, it's, it's new Trump Coke was the past. He's, Trump's old Coke. Well, you see that Trump, the Trump campaign now is and Trump himself is going after uh, DeSantis in a really, I mean, you get in the crosshairs of the Trump campaign, be ready to be kicked right between the legs and it's yeah. going to hurt because did you see they posted this picture when he was a teacher in his twenties, he's partying with the uh, high schoolers. No. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's on uh, drudge right now. And, awesome. um, 
so they're going to go after him and say that he's a, you know, he's he's a, a oh, the, yeah and um that he agree he's a groomer and that you know, they're well, going to go after him hard I mean, on this stuff does have a certain oily look you know Oh yeah, no, and you're right about the camera not liking him, and he's just he's he's got that constant sneer. He's not pleasant, you know. There's guys who are, you know, happy warriors. You know, Ronald Reagan being probably the best. Biden is a happy warrior. Yes, um, you 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 know, you, they, Obama was a chill warrior. Yeah, he was um, the cool warrior, man. Cool, yeah. dig dig man. I think McCain had a little bit of the happy warrior thing going. Yeah, yeah. So, um, early Jimmy Carter. So how does DeSantis run against Trump? As you as you just said it, you've already laid it out. He's the old news. He's the he's old I mean, news. Loses. I'm new. I'm I'm the new and improved. You know, and the shit he's doing in Florida, for that, is, Trump would have to completely alienate his core supporters, and I, I, that we know that has not happened. Oh, it can't happen. It really, it literally, cannot happen. No, it can't happen. Um, you know the the the, the family well, no, values the, guys the, embracing the guy who screws porn stars. Yeah, but what no one ever talks about in these analyses, and I like I like to always remind people, is that Donald Trump didn't convince Republicans to vote for him. He convinced people, non-voters, to become Republicans and vote for him. That's why these people they showed up for him in the same way that that. People, you know, Bernie Sanders did not convince liberal Democrats to vote for him. He convinced, unfortunately, not enough, but he convinced a lot of people, non-voters uh, or third party voters to come and vote for him. That's that's different. That's why you can't, you know, Ronald, but Ron DeSantis is just another corporate politician. You know, he's not an outsider. He's not an insurgent. And so therefore, how can this inside baseball kind of guy you know make the pitch to like look i'm i'm also one of you i'm like trump no how just because he's right wing yeah no you're confirming what i'm saying yeah i'm agreeing (laughs) stop it i thought i thought i was (laughs) stop it i thought i was being clear on that i was not arguing with you yeah it's it anyone who thinks that the nominee is going to be anyone but donald trump unless donald trump drops dead is is insane right. i mean it's wishful thinking by a media that clearly hates donald trump and the narrative that by the way they in, would not they're like a fucking dog chasing a car they wouldn't want to ron DeSantis to be the fucking nominee and become president ever you know this would be like they think they can pick the nominee and then like you know he could be president and then you know they would hate him he's far right he's a lunatic he's a xenophobe he you know he's he's racist he's an asshole I mean, he's every bit of an asshole. More in some ways, he's more of an asshole than Donald Trump. He's just more controlled and more measured. Well, but we got Nikki Haley. Oh yeah, Nikki Haley running for vice president. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, that's what you said in your uh, center clip. And what do you think? Oh, I think you're right. She doesn't stand for a damn thing and hasn't. And the fact, I mean, and Mike Pence is going to run now. Mike Pence. Here's the thing, Ted. This That's is my ridiculous. You you talk about a, someone that you and I would loathe to our marrow, not because of his politics, not because he calls his wife mother, which must make sex really weird, <laughs> um, but because here's a man who was. <laughs> Who has not said word one about another man, the leader of the free world, who's told AIDS that it was okay if they strung him up. Literally, if they killed you, Donald Trump was okay if they killed Mike Pence. He right. was down with that. Yeah, he and was for you. That, that works for me. And for you to just stand, sit there and go, well, that's uh, that, uh, well, that's that's how it goes, I guess. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I'm just going. You know, Mike Pence. Fuck you, Mike Pence. If you're mad, if you're not man enough to tell Donald Trump to go fuck himself, yeah, that's true. <laughs> after he says it's okay that you could die, yeah, Mike Pence uh, for a, his Mike election, Pence is a, it's a uh, it's a joke. Like, there's more of a chance of that Marianne Williamson winning the Republican nomination. Um, no, it's just not. That's that's ridiculous. Um, oh, and Pompeo. By the way, who who will Trump, former Secretary of State, right. former uh, who will Trump? By the way, this would be a spectacle to have a former president 
and several top-ranking officials in his administration challenging him in uh you know in a in the same primary that would be yeah and weird i i don't really i have to admit i don't really see it um but you know anything could happen i guess what would happen if uh if if so if desantis let's say okay so Trump has an opening for his VP position, assuming he's the nominee. I say that spot goes to either Nikki Haley uh-huh. or DeSantis. I think DeSantis brings more to the table. What about Marjorie Taylor Greene? What about well, Marjorie she becomes Taylor Greene? She becomes the, well, that's red meat for the base for sure, but, but she's the new Sarah Palin, right? I mean, it's like she really scares like liberal voters, progressives who hate the Democrats and Biden will be like, oh, holy shit, that woman could become president. Trump's old. You know, it would be like Dick Cheney. I mean, like people voted, I mean, granted Trump, I mean, Bush sort of won once and won and then really won the second time. But Dick Cheney (laughs) scared the shit out of liberals. Yeah, I don't know if you really want a vice president who scares the shit out of the other side. Well, energizes and more importantly, energizes the left. And I think she too, she is so bombastic and so horrible that you know they would drag your ticket down um who else her. would be she could be in the cabinet for sure nikki haley would clearly be you know subservient and you know anything you want donald and i think um, people could imagine her as president after trump dies you know yeah I, I don't think she'd be a disaster quite frankly she was governor of south carolina and did a really good job there she's smart uh, she's pleasant yeah um well, but then I do think DeSantis, though, DeSantis really is like would have to be seriously considered because he brings Florida um, and he and he also he doesn't he doesn't bring Florida. I, I well, sorry, Ted's looking at my where we're doing. He's looking at me waving my finger. No, Donald Trump does not cotton criticism, period. Ah, period. That's a good point. Yeah, he's not, he, he's not that he's not Mr. Team of Rivals at all. No. So bringing, yeah, bringing you know, a conciliatory vice presidential choice, no fucking way. But, no but, but way in hell. It would not be about, DeSantis would not. Oh, be, no, it'd be a great choice. It'd be a brilliant choice. Because that would be like, look, it's OG and next G, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get the no, whole, no, no. You get, it's, 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 it's Magapalooza all in one, on one ticket. <laughs> Where woke goes to die. <laughs> I love that slogan. I was just so like, oh, fuck you, really? Um, okay, let's go burn some books. We uh, Book burning, not something I'm into. Well, you know, if it's cold enough this winter, when, well, yeah. I guess it, it's not really cold ever anymore, except- Have you had snow yet? New York is, this is like record setting so time. Theore- okay, so on the, according to the National Weather Service, it did snow uh, enough to consider to have broken that record. But the truth is there was no accumulation. It was just for a few hours. It was just a few flurries and that's it. So effectively it has not snowed at all this winter in New York. Wow. Wow. Right now, what is it? I bet it's like in the forties, 46 degrees. Yeah. Jeez. In February. That's crazy. Yeah. Chicago's the same way. I mean, they had a couple of weeks where it was real Chicago weather where the high was, the high was eight. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Chicago, baby. That's when I think of it. But now the rest of the week, it's going to be in the forties. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, and I'm sure it's going to, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a different world now. I mean, it, it, I remember in the eighties listening to, uh, I heard a climate change prediction saying that New York city would have the same weather as Memphis did at the time. And Hmm. it now does. Okay. Well, it was a nice planet while it lasted. You know, I think it was, we had a good time. That's true. And uh, whoever is elected in 2024 will destroy whatever's left. Yeah, we'll ring what little uh, resources are left and uh, then we'll go on to the next thing. And then, well, you know, look, fuck it all. Let's just give the presidency to Hunter Biden and be done with it. <laughs> well, we sort of have, it turns he out. He has political experience. <laughs> God, he has access. He can <laughs> yeah, give people he jobs. He, he has a lot of international experience. He's artistic. He has he, that temperament. Yeah. Um, open-minded. Adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> probably a, might 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 get that like pro legalization you know kind of uh you know contingent yeah yeah P- appeal to libertarians like myself yeah sex workers oh. <laughs> the, the the crucial sex worker vote, <laughs> vote yes. in 
the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion. Maybe this is another podcast, but I'm just uh, sex workers is an issue I've always wanted to talk to you about. I don't believe you and I ever have. No, um, never. Not even offline. Yeah. Okay. That's another, probably yeah. another subject for another time because okay. we're I, state I, of the I, union. I'm guessing that because you're, I'm just going to get my give will be like, well, you're libertarian though, right, Scott? So I, but I also see the abuses that are rampant in that trade and the, 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 the human trafficking. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're discussing it's a we're going to take a deep deep dive next time i'm driving i'm driving the podcast right. next time so we'll do that will, but getting make, back to we'll make no sexual puns on deep dive okay so anyway <laughs> God, okay so state of the union win lose how do you grade it and what kind of what's you know did this do what biden wanted it to accomplish you want me to start you want to start you go ahead i think i'll give it a b because it accomplished what he wanted it to, to accomplish, which was to make the uh, Republican opposition look like assholes, churlish mm. children. And he accomplished that in spades. That's what's being reported this morning. True. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a B plus because uh, he he exceeded expectations. And uh, and that thing about Social Security and Medicare is huge. That little discussion, even though obviously none of it is binding. It was a great optic, but you can't give him an A because he uh, he flubbed too many words. He looked super old. And, you know, when you're exceeding expectations because the expectations are that you kind of are too old and that you suck, uh, that's means that you kind of really can't get an A. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's where we're yeah. at. And as, 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 as Ted Rawl pined earlier this morning, where did the consonants go? <laughs> to the sung to the tune of where did the flowers go? Where did all the consonants go? Sweet Biden, don't know where he is. I mean, yeah, Biden just had that, like, that sort of, like, dude, like, purse your lips, enunciate, like, hit hit the fricatives. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, you know it was, that part was, I mean, it was hard to hear, really. Yeah, no, no well, because he was slurring his words, even, I mean, even some of the experts. through the speech, yeah. too. You notice that? He was like... He was like in a hurry to get to bed. Well, I, you know, here, and it gets back to what I've said about the state of the union address. If I could go on, get on my soapbox is I I've grown to loathe it, Ted. I mean, loathe it. It used to be, it was, it was high governance, right? It was governance at the highest level. So it was supposed to be soaring um, expectations, soaring uh, goals. And here's what we hope to achieve. The oratory was never very good though. Uh, sometimes it was. I mean, and, there, and some of it, when you read it, was very good, but it was delivered by the likes of LBJ or Richard Nixon or Jerry Ford. Um, you know, I'll never forget the State of the Union address when he brings out the win button. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> whip inflation now. Like, oh, my God. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Jimmy Carter, not a great speaker. No. Uh, Reagan uh, did many very good state of the union addresses uh hw bush not so much and then clinton who we just, could do you know, away with this with this tradition i really. wish they would or have a clock you know you you got 40 minutes now starting now although i do feel like the president should be constitutionally mandated to meet with the press in a freewheeling exchange of no less than one hour weekly that should be i mean what, that should be all the time. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be great if they had, um, you know, I, I like I said, I can't. I, I think they should have question period. I think that would be great. I would love that too. Yeah, I love that too. So okay, so we're droning on. We're we should probably wrap things. Yeah, up. we're like we're bidening this shit. We're just going on and on and on. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, Scott. Uh, where can people see your cartoons? Go to gocomics.com slash Scott Stantis, one word, to see my editorial cartoons. Go to gocomics.com slash Prickly City to see my comic strip. Also, you can go to chicagotribune.com slash opinion, see my gallery of work I do for them. The Dallas News for the Dallas Morning News. Go to their opinion section, see a gallery of work I do for them. Uh, and of course, go to Center Clip, we mentioned, which we have mentioned. God, I dropped my, my consonants. Damn, it's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> Go you're to on, Center Clip where. <laughs> 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 
uh, go to Center Clip and uh, you can see t- hear Ted or I. It's like they're like mini podcasts. There's 30 seconds to five minutes long. Uh, our friend Patty Vasquez just joined as well. She just posted this morning for her reaction to the State of the Union address, which really kind of kicks balls. It's really. I'm you heard it yet, Ted? Right. Yeah, go listen to Patty's because uh, <laughs> she really is like <laughs> she she is not taking any of it. All right. Um, and uh, so there you go, Ted, where can we see your fabulous work? Well, I thank you, Scott. Well, you can uh, go to uh, Sputniknews.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, whowhatwhy.org on Saturdays, rall.com, R-A-L-L.com every single day of the week. Uh, and if you are so inclined, you could also go to gocomics.com slash Ted Rall. So there you have it. This is fun, Ted. Go. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. Do it again next week. Unless there's breaking news. All right. Until next week. The news breaks. We fix it. Oh, and don't forget, you know, you can always tweet at us. We never just end. We never just end this thing. No, no, it never ends. (laughs) The the DMZ America podcast goes on and on and on, like much like the DMZ itself. Um, If there's, uh, you can always tweet at us uh, at at Scott Stantis or at Ted Rawl. Okay. And we'll, uh, if you do, we might notice and mention you on the podcast and we would love that actually yeah that'd be great we would love that and if you send like really obnoxious like disgusting shit we might still notice it yeah yeah still we're down with that yeah yeah. okay cool all right see you later scott bye man bye